Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Hello from the future. This is Brandon, the host and creator of Monster Eight the Pilot. You're getting this odd introduction due to the fact that Brandon used to have music on the podcast, and uh, that day finally came, and I'm starting to get episodes struck down. So I'm going through and getting all the music remo- removed. So you're getting this fun introduction to go over any time I had music playing at the beginning of the show. Um, if I'm not able to cut around it, like sometimes I talk over the music, so that's why this is here. Uh, yeah, so if there are references to songs or I seem to be talking about a song, I'm like, hey, I've got these three songs later. You know, look in the description of what they were. They will be cut out. I am working on it. It will take some time. Hopefully I don't get the ban while working on this stuff because a lot of these episodes are in the archives. And getting them out of the archives takes like 12 hours. But other than that, enjoy the show. Like I said, it's, uh, you know, I kind of fucked up by not knowing... Uh, but not understanding what I was reading when saying that Spotify Anchor allowed music on the podcast. I misunderstood what that meant. Anyways, yeah, it sucks, but we all get through it together. Enjoy the episode. It's the best episode ever. This is, Whatever episode this is on, it's the best episode ever. So listen, like, share, subscribe, support, all the fun stuff. Thank you. Hello, friends and neighbors. It is Monster Eight the Pilot, the podcast hosted by me, Brandon. It is Sunday night, so it's time for three songs of the week. Um, I'm going to update the Velocity Watch. We're going to talk about some fun stuff, some sports talk, some other wonderful, scary stuff. I, I don't know if it's scary or not, but we're going to get there together. That's all that matters. Um, the opening song of the week is The Swish by El Hold Steady off Almost Killed Me, 2004. One of the, it's the second, uh, Hold Steady song in the catalog. What a great song. What a great band. Um, yeah, so once again, thank you so much for tuning in. If you uh, like what you heard, spread the good words. Stitcher, Amazon, Radio Public, Google, Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and Anchor. Anchor, the sponsor of the video, so thank you so much for that. If it's your first time tuning in, welcome. Second time, welcome back. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be a good show, great show, wonderful show. Um, it's going to be one of those nights, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, should be a good time. Like I said, it's been it's Sunday. It's always Sunday. Um, I'm trying to think if I, I, I got anything else to start off on the show with. I don't know, man. You know, I think uh, I'm still getting some good feedback from the Lauren episode a couple weeks ago. Uh, Lauren, me and him talked the other day. I'll get to a nice big old congratulations here in a moment. But I was down in Portsmouth for a day, and I went down to the pub. Lauren gave me a can of the uh, Liverpool branded Carlsberg, which was pretty cool. Didn't you know he gave me a full can of beer? Yeah, I mean, what a what a piece of shit that guy is. Am I right? <laughs> for t- you know, to be fair, to be fair, I did tell him to go ahead and leap full. <laughs> Um, no, but I went down there, and he says, yeah, I was listening back to it, and he says he realized he did not answer one question I asked him. He just kind of rambled on and on, of like, around the answer. <laughs> and I said, I thought that was endearing. I thought it was pretty cool. Um, yeah, but thank you so much for the feedback on that. I think we're, uh, I got another one lined up uh, this coming Wednesday, so keep your ears and uh, out for that, or make sure you subscribe, like, share, support, whatever you got to do. Yeah, but if you subscribe, you'll get notifications of every time I release a new episode, man. And it's gonna be great, man. Next episode, this next episode is gonna be wonderful, man. Um, hopefully, have the piano out of the music room and into the uh, den, or not the den, the little nook area. And then, um, I don't know if I'm gonna do that after the show or I'm gonna do that before the show. I might have my new desk in here, so that should be fun. What a day! What a day, Brandon. You know. Oh, let's go ahead and get that music all the way to the very, very bottom. I love that fucking song, The Swish. This great guitar stuff. Coming off Positive Jam, right into The Swish, then right into Barf Fruit Blues. Then I believe it is, uh... Most People Are DJs, which is a fantastic fucking rock track. Hold Steady made great songs. What do you know? I mean, I've only put them on the Songs of the Week so many goddamn times you'd be, like, shocked, I guess. Um, which I have updated the Songs of the Week playlist on Spotify, so if you like the songs that you're hearing, or just kind of want to keep track of what I've talked about, what I haven't, you can go to Spotify, search songs, you can go to my profile, Brandon Monovan, or you can go to the Songs of the Week, you might be able to find it through a search. And you can subscribe to that, and you can see what songs I'm posting onto it. I mean, you don't have to. You don't have to do anything if you don't want to. It's your goddamn life, man. Uh, I don't know. I picked the weirdest time to get rid of Twitter, didn't I? That's the one thing I've been noticing this week is Twitter has absolutely went insane since uh, a douchebag Tesla guy bought the place. 
and overpaid for it. They start trying to charge people money to keep the blue check marks by their name, and uh, people have taken that and just absolutely, um, just <laughs> they've been causing chaos. I saw like two companies lost billions of dollars because some people got the blue check mark, posted it, and people panicked. And oh man, it's wonderful, it's wonderful. And I saw somewhere today that apparently Elon uh, posted something. And it was not true, so Twitter actually fact-checked the, the <laughs> fact-checked the owner. Oh shit! No propaganda there, pal. Oh, it's funny. I guess I picked the worst time to kind of like I still pop on from time to time just to check something. Like uh, only on my computer. I don't have it on my phone anymore, uh, which is the best. Not to have shit like that on your phone. Um, yeah, but I'll pop in and it's, it's went to chaos, man. Went to absolute chaos, and it's wonderful. Because uh, Twitter really was kind of the worst one of all of them. Like you could like read Facebook stuff and say, mm, yeah, that's not true. Uh, <laughs> Instagram's just pictures. I mean, it was a lot better when it's just pictures of people's food, and not whatever the fuck we do with it now. I think it's mostly just uh, trying to be TikTok, and TikTok's just the fucking worst. Like, I sometimes get lost in the reels or whatever on Facebook or Instagram, and for like twenty minutes, and I always just feel horrible at the end of it. I'm like, what the fuck? Have I been doing for 20 minutes, man? I don't know. Hopefully the desk fixed that. Because I think I talked about it. Like, anytime I'm trying to work. Like, I've been trying... I've uh, written a little bit of... This is Middle Age and Requiem for the Game. I've written a little bit of that. I think I'm, like, 1,500 words into Requiem for the Game. And I'm very, 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 very early. Still in the This is Middle Age uh, special episodes. Um, Like, I suppose just have a couple outlines. I'm still picking out themes and topics to write about or explore within it. And it's like I said, that's going to be, that's that's pretty far away. Uh, but Requiem for the Game, it wouldn't be this year. I still won't have it done by this year. <laughs> It'll be next year, hopefully. <laughs> like, hopefully I can have all three of them next year, but who knows. Um, like I said, me never ever see them. Never, maybe, ever, blah, 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 see them. Um, or hear them, I guess. What was I talking about? Oh, getting work done. Like, uh, I, I think I talked about, you know, when I set the, laptop up on the uh, piano here. I had to have my arms at a uh, kind of an unnaturally high angle to type. So it kind of hurts my shoulders. And then when I sit on like a sofa and try to type it out, it just never 100% comfortable. And also I just seem to get sidetracked pretty easily. So I'm hoping the desk can kind of fix some of that, some of those issues. And I think it will. I really like the desk. I think it's going to be a good time, great time, wonderful time putting together a desk. Be a man, man. Get a fucking screwdriver, like a fucking real guy, bro. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Oh, my mom told me I need to start watching my mouth. <laughs> I'm trying. I swear to God, I'm trying. It's insane. And she was talking to Corey, good old Corey from the pub. He's like, he just needs to kind of uh, check check his uh, check his language. I'm like, listen here, mom. Listen here. And then I dropped the F-bomb. No, I didn't. <laughs> Uh, she would have slapped the shit out of me. Oh, slapped the crap out of me. Apologies. See, it's so freaking natural. It's I, it's I don't know why. Don't know why. I can definitely, when I'm with people, I can cut it off and not curse like a sailor or whatever the saying is. A heathen. But when I'm by myself, because like, technically right now, you know, even though I can see myself in a camera or whatever, I'm still technically by myself and I just, it just, it just flows, bro. It just flows, bro. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh no but hey I'm really excited about Wednesday and we'll have a good friend on good friend great friend wonderful friend one of my um, truest friends how about that yeah they may not get the great intro that Lauren has but Lauren just lends himself to those ridiculous intros I mean he's a ridiculous human uh, but my next pal which I'm going to wait till Wednesday to reveal who it is um, should be should be wonderful J-Bell's going to also pop in and run the sound for me again I think we're going to continue talking about that other thing that me and him are working on that um, I'm not sure how much farther along we are. I haven't asked him. It. And then, uh, speaking of J-Bell, his wife, Maddie, sent me a message asking me if I was going to the uh, Columbus Bruce Springsteen show. And I still haven't got tickets because obviously the Ticketmaster thing just was wild. And, you know, I know I talked about going to three different shows. Um, her suggestion was to basically extort you guys to give me money. So I can go to the show, which I think is ridiculous. And it's but it's part for the course for her personality and who she is as a person to try to extort people out of money. <laughs> I'm funny. Uh, 
No, she said, I'm like, yeah, and I go like song by song. And it's like, oh, uh, she had a good like, little sales pitch. I can't remember what it is. My phone's not close to me, close enough to me for me to pick it up, but I thought it was funny. Yeah. And then uh, I went and bought some records the other day. Got six new records. I'm happy about it. I got Tom Waits' record. I got uh, a tennis record, which I'll talk about tennis later in the show. Um, I got a Charlie Crockett record, which I'll talk about Charlie Crockett later in the show. Um, what else did I get? Oh, Dolly Parton, who I won't talk about later in the show, but she is absolutely wonderful. And then Dusty Springfield, same exact thing. Won't talk about her later in the show, but she's absolutely wonderful. And then uh, there's one more. Oh, Hot Water Music. I've, I never, I did not have any Hot Water Music records. When I was cataloging it and like putting it into like in its order, I'm like, I don't have any Hot Water Music records, which is kind of odd. Um, so I finally got one. It's the newest record, uh, Fill the Void. With uh, it's the first record I think recorded with Chris Cresswell playing some guitar. I know it's his first song um, that he's recorded with him. Uh, Turn the dial, which is a pretty cool song. Um, the first song like he's recorded where he sang, I should say. Yeah, so it was nice. It was a nice little day. Went out and did some stuff. Then went to the record store. I always feels good to go down to use kids' records. Um, I haven't been to Magnolia's in the short north of forever. I'm not even sure if it's still there or not, but I usually just go to use kids. Every time I go in there, that place is different, man. It's just absolutely crazy how much expansion they've kind of done in the very short time. Um, I did see cassettes, though, which I don't understand. Like, not like old cassettes. Old cassettes, whatever, you know what I mean? That's what they were. But people still doing stuff on cassettes. I, like, I, I, I kind of get it. They're very inexpensive to make. It's very, you know, very accessible for people to get and buy. But also, at the same time, who, who has fucking... What car still has fucking tape recorders? Like, tape players. Does any of them? Do any of them make, like, oh, we still have a tape player in this one? Knock $1,000 off the price? Um, but at the same time, like, they don't sound... Like, when CDs are such a thing and records, like vinyls and stuff like that, kind of uh, tapered off, like, they were still such a market for them because records like vinyl records sound better like, there's not the compression there's none of that stuff so the records the songs actually do sound better they sound more like they do in the actual studio um cassettes are not that's not the case with cassettes cassette cassettes are they don't sound good <laughs> and then you listen to it like four times the uh what you would call it, the like reel or whatever gets kind of loose or they kind of get stretched so then you start getting warping then you gotta get a fucking pencil in there and like kind of tighten it back up and like you listen to your favorite cassette like ten times and it sounds like shit like it already sounded bad now it sounds like absolute dog crap there we go mom I said dog crap uh <laughs> yeah I don't understand it I don't get it I mean I get it from a like monetary standpoint of like you know it's it's more, it's easier to buy, you know, stuff like that. It doesn't take up as much space because that's the one thing here is I'm not running out of space. I think I got room for probably another 80 records, maybe maybe 100 um, on top of my mantle, but who knows how quick I'll fill that up because I started almost buying a whole bunch more records. <laughs> the other day I got on Amazon. I was like, I'm going to look for some stuff, some discogs. I was like, oh, I'm going to look for this guy or that guy or this band or whatever. Um, I didn't buy any, though. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I just don't get it. I don't get it. Cassettes sound like garbage. They do. I'm sorry. If you like cassettes, you're dumb. <laughs> uh, what else is going on in the world of Brandon? Is it time for some sports talk? We actually got some decent sports talk. It's not just about sports this time. Uh, good news. Liverpool are playing better. They actually followed up that Napoli win with two more wins, you know? They, uh, or, or they beat Napoli. Did they lose? I don't fucking know. Who fucking cares? But anyway, yeah, we did win. We, I think we've, somebody pushed, like, we've won 9 of 11 games. And, like, it seemed like we're in horrible form. I'm like, I guess we're not. But, I mean, it also depends on who you lose to. We've lost to uh, fucking Leeds and uh, Nottingham Forest. Well, that's not good losses. But, yeah, we I know we, the kids got together and beat, um, oh, yeah, we won three straight. We beat Spurs. Good win there, away from home. Then we beat um, Derby. County in the league with or in the league cup with a bunch of the kids, uh, fucking Ben Doak man, the kid's 16 years old and he just turned 17 the other day, or he may just be turning 17 now I don't know, holy shit that kid's gonna be wonderful, fearless just oozing confidence that kid's gonna be outstanding, a Scottish kid got him from uh, Celtic over the summer, 
or I think we signed him like back in the spring, and he officially joined in the summer. And some of the other kids look good. I thought uh, Bobby Clark looked far, pretty fine. Uh, Bosatich is going to be a stud. Absolute stud. He's 17, 18, and he plays so wise beyond his years. His only issue right now is he's he's very lanky. He's He is pencil thin. Um, and then let's see. I thought Fraundorf played well. I think he's a little one-dimensional, but I think he might have something. Maybe not Liverpool, but he definitely has a pro career in front of him. Um yeah, overall, it was a good game. It was a fun game to watch. Ended up being a penalty game. Uh, we beat Darby on penalties after a nil-nil. It wasn't like that exciting, but it was fun to kind of see the young kids going out there and playing in front of Anfield, playing in front of the fans. That was pretty fun. Um, other than that, let's see. I know we got the FA Cup starting. I think Tranmere was beat. Uh, then they won against Swindon yesterday. Uh, I know Hibernian lost to Ross County, then lost to, I think, Kilmer, Kil, Kil, Kilmernock. God, these fucking Scottish t- league names, man. <laughs> I think it's Kilmernock. I mean, Kilmer, Kilmernock. I don't fucking know. Um, yeah, it was, I don't know. I don't get the, that's, that's the sad thing is, like, you know, it's very hard to watch all these games or keep up with all the games. That sometimes there's some slide underneath the uh, radar. And it's going to be tough, like, to watch. You know, it's hard to get into the next level of fandom without actually getting to see a lot of it. Um, then I saw that uh, Portsmouth dropped points yesterday to Morecambe. I know Colby Bishop rescued a point for us. Um, I guess there's two games at hand. Not completely out of, like, the automatic promotion places, but still not looking great. Too many drop points, but it's still a long year. And then Preston lost to Millwall 4-2. Came back from 2-0 down to tie it up, then gave up two more goals in the second half to drop points. And then Liverpool beat Southampton 3-1. I know Ralph Hasselhoodle. Hasselhoodle. I can't forget his name. He was the manager for Saints forever. And then he was just let go a couple weeks ago. Sad. I liked Ralph. Um, and they had the new guy from Luton Town. What's his name? Neil. Is it Neil? Nathan. I think it's Nathan Jones. Uh, yeah, he's their new manager. Not a great start for him. I think Southampton could be in trouble. I can't think of being in a lot of trouble this year. Right now, I think uh, I think I had that. If I'm thinking correctly, I was in a fever dream when I did my Premier League predictions, and I had COVID. Uh, I think I said Wolves had a chance to go down. They definitely look like they're going down. <laughs> they look so bad. And then um, I, I think Forrest might be there. Like signing 21 players is not a. It's it's a recipe for disaster. And I don't know. It's Southampton, and it might be Everton. I kind of really hope Everton kind of sticks to their guns with Frank Lampard, and they go down because I fucking hate Frank Lampard. It'd be wonderful to watch it because like, he he gets us, man. He gets us. And he fucking does not understand Merseyside at all. Um, and to watch him take Everton down would be just so wonderful. And like for my American friends here, it's like all those years when Ohio State would when you got to the Michigan game and you already knew there was zero chance Michigan was going to win this game. Zero chance. That's what Liverpool-Everton is. <laughs> like, we've lost to them, like, once in some unreal amount of time. Um, and the one time we lost to them was uh, when there was no fans. Like, it was during COVID, so there was no fans there. So, does it fucking count? Not in my book, really. Um, so I don't know, man. But yeah, it's just oof. all those years of Ohio State just absolutely destroying Michigan was so much fun, because you just knew it was not going to be a game. <laughs> like, you know, it was just a matter of time before all of a sudden it just got blown out. I remember the years like what sixty something. To, like oh, I can't remember the fucking scores anymore, but it was unreal. Well, that game's coming up a couple weeks, right? Yeah, yeah, it's coming up. Not too far off. I think like, not this weekend. Next weekend. It's so weird how quick college football kind of can just fly by. Like, I still feel like it's kind of early in the year, and it's like, nope, the season's coming up to its close, you know? So, I don't know. But other sports talk is Fenway Sports Group, the people who own Liverpool, are selling the, are looking to maybe sell the club, at least sell a big share of it. So, um, I don't know what that 100% means, whether they're going to completely get out or whether they're going to get, um, this, you know, sell a big, sh- yeah, a share of it. I don't 100%. No, get contrasting ideas about what's happening. Um, I don't know. I've liked the FSG overall. I think they've been a very, very positive thing for the club. Obviously, whenever I came into the fandom, Gillette and Hicks were the owners. 
and I did not know this uh, base at the time. You know, now I've learned all about it. They basically had ran the club into the ground. They were on the brink of administration. Administration is basically bankruptcy. Um, Leeds had it in the early 2000s, and that's why it took them forever to get back up. Rangers had it a few years ago um, in Scotland, and they got put all the way down to the third tier as they had to rebuild their club. And uh, that's basically where Liverpool at. They were bare. They were on the precipice of complete, um, like just the complete changing of what the club was and expectations were. Uh, they were almost leads. They were almost what Derby happened last year. Derby went through this last year, and that's why they're in League Two. Um, not League Two, I'm sorry, League One, right? Yeah, League One. Yeah, so like that's where Liverpool were, and FSG came in. They righted the ship. They made some mistakes in the transfer market, not understanding how anything worked. And then um, eventually, yeah, they got it. They got Jurgen Klopp in. We won titles. We won everything there is to win, FA Cups, League Cups. Champions League, Super Cups, the Premier League was the ultimate goal, and that's what they gave us. Then they also had some things not great, like the Andy Carroll for $35 million. Um, they put out the idea of selling the name of Anfield to get like a sponsor in for it. Blech. Fuck that. Um, then obviously the big Super League thing, they were at the forefront of that. Um, yeah, so they've made their mistakes. Some people absolutely hate them, and also they've never... They, like I think I've talked about this, not reinforcing the team when needed, not investing when needed. At the same time, we always have been that club that had to do it a different way than what Man United does or what City does, what Chelsea did, where they can kind of spin, 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 and not have to balance the books 100%, whereas we have been very focused on always having balanced books. So that's part of it. I mean, I don't know. And that's why we're kind of in this weird little spot right now where we're kind of in a retooling year. Um, overall, I think they've been absolutely outstanding owners, really. When you truly put it like in terms where we were and where they are now, great. But also puts us in a weird predicament because some of the people who are rumored to be interested in, I have zero interest in, like kind of regimes or uh, human rights like animals, <laughs> basically. Um... And that's going to test me a lot because I really don't believe that if, um, say, like, for example, like, you know, now Newcastle was just bought by Saudi Arabia. If Saudi Arabia were buying Liverpool, I don't think I could be a fan of Liverpool anymore. I don't know. I, I feel like I have to, like, would have to stick to my guns, like, morally and just, like, no, this not, I don't want to win at any cost. You know what I mean? You know, my owners are perpetrating a genocide. No, thank you. I don't want that. I don't want my club that I love dearly to be, you know, basically have blood on my hands. When I see, like, a great player walk through the door and just seem basically covered in blood because that's what bought him was blood money. And I don't want that. Um, so I don't think I could be a Liverpool fan anymore. I think I would stay, I'd stick around until Klopp left. And then it might just be kind of a casual thing, like, where I just get scores. Kind of like where I'm at with the Reds. Uh, where, you know, I just kind of see what they're doing, but don't really give a shit. Um, same thing with the Browns. Um, I guess, I guess the, I guess, a, I want to be the same thing. It would not be the same thing. Like the whole Deshaun Watson thing with the Browns. Like that killed some people's like, I'm not going to be a fan of the Browns anymore because of this. And I 100% understand and agree. I guess I'm just not, I was never diehard enough of the Browns to give a shit. And like, you know, I don't expect much of anything. And also, my dad was such a Browns fan. That's the whole reason I'm a Browns fan. <laughs> like, that's it. Like, I laugh usually when they lose, <laughs> which is a lot. I get to laugh a lot. Um, yeah, but, like, I don't know. But there has been some rumors of, like, some decent uh, people who could be... Uh, Steve Ballmer, the guy who owns the Clippers, has been rumored to possibly be interested in getting Liverpool. Um, I know he's been voted the best owner in the NBA. I know he's been at the forefront of a lot of good things. I don't think there's anything that egregious on his record. Obviously, anybody who's that wealthy has been ruthless at some point in their life. So, you know, they you know, they haven't treated everybody perfectly over the years. Uh, but you never know. But at the same time, I haven't seen anything or heard anything that like, oh, God, get this guy the fuck out of here. But he's constantly voted as the best owner in the NBA. So, I mean, that, that'd be pretty good. Um... What's his name? What's his name? It's a man from India. Mukesh Ambani. Um, he's like, I think he's worth like $80 billion. Like the eighth richest man in the world. 
He's been rumored as well in the past few days. Um, it's kind of the same thing. He owns Mumbai Tigers, which I believe is a cricket team. I'm not 100% sure. Uh, does a great job with them. But nothing in, not, nothing that bad on his human rights record. Like, I know during COVID he did, like, he donated a lot of money out of his own pocket to help uh, struggling infrastructure and uh, things of that nature chipping in. So, you know, which Liverpool, Merseyside is a very socialist area, so they would very much like that a lot, that, you know, you chip in when needed and uh, are willing to help others even though it costs you something, um, which I think should be everybody's idea. But, you know, well, I guess it's just so controversial in today's world. I don't know. So, yeah, I think uh, it's going to be an interesting time to see how it goes or see how fast things kind of happen. Um, need to be done. But if it's going to happen, I need it to be done by the summer so that we can go get Jude Bellingham. Because <laughs> that's going to cost a lot of money. And if FSG is selling, they're not going to invest something for no fucking reason if they're not getting it back or something like that. So, I don't know. Um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting time for Brandon to understand who he is going forward as a sports fan. And I said, now, and also, I also really, I have always liked what FSG has done with the whole, you know, we have the money we have, and we got to get done what we did. And us competing against people who just have an infinite amount of more money than we do has been kind of a nice little point of pride. Like, you know, we do it whenever we shouldn't. You know, we keep, we're outperforming all these other teams that we have no business competing against monetarily. And we do just because we're that much better at doing business than they are. That's a nice point of pride, you know? So, I don't know. So, I, I kind of don't want somebody who has this unlimited money. You can make mis- like make egregious mistakes, but then just like the next year it's fine. We can just spend it again. Because, like, there was those summers in a row where Pep Guardiola, the manager at Man City, uh, spent like 50, 60 million on fullbacks. Like, the fullback wingbacks. Like, three or four straight years. Like, his first three years, I think he did it. He spent like 50 to 60 million each summer on fullbacks. Which is ridiculous. It's just, nah, I don't know. I like the idea that we had to spend $8 million on Andy Robertson to turn him into a world-class player, or get Trent Alexander-Arnold from the academy to make him into a world-class player. Uh, I don't know. But yeah. Then, congratulations to all the players. Uh, I know one player from Portsmouth. Uh, oh, shoot. I forgot his name. Shit. Joe Morrell. He got caught up to the World Cup. I know a couple players, no, nobody from Preston North End made it. Then Darwin, um, let's see, Darwin, Fabinho, Allison, Alexander-Arnold, Hindo. I feel like I'm missing somebody. All got caught up to the World Cup. Uh, so good for those guys, man. Same time, fuck the World Cup 2018. Or 20, 2018. <laughs> I'm so far behind, 2022. I... I'm not going to watch a second of it. That is uh, my, well, I might because it might just be something I randomly catch. Like, you know, I go scrolling through something there it pops up or I give on ESPN.com and there it is or something. Yeah, but I will not plan to watch one second of it. It can go fuck itself for, you know. They basically built all the stadiums on slave trade and um, basically a lot of people died doing it and they don't give a shit. And, you know, money, 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 man. It's all worth it. Money, bro. Fuck them. Fuck them. Sorry, Mom. <laughs> uh, now let's get into Lost Rewatch. Oh, we rewatched uh, three episodes. We rewatched Maternity Leap. I was wrong. I was wrong. SOS was not this early. It was. I think I mentioned it could have been Lockdown. I said, no, Lockdown's later. It was. I was right. So it was Maternity Leave, um, The Whole Truth, and Lockdown. That was the three episodes. Uh, maternity leave was not great. I used to think I liked this episode. It was not very good. Emily D. Ravine was not great at acting at the time. <laughs> there was times I was like, shut up. Stop this. This is ridiculously bad. Um, I thought it was weird that she thought that, uh, Russo was trying to take her back to the others. Which I guess, I thought about it a little more. It does make sense, because, you know, at the end of the season one, she does steal Aaron, the baby, and take it, try to trade it to the others for her daughter which you get the first glimpse of Alex which you don't realize that just yet but yeah it was meh. you also get the first glimpse of uh, Mr. Happy or what, what do they call him MC Ganey I can't remember his name anymore 
but you realize that the others aren't like these weird island like ghost people thing or whatever the fuck they're supposed to be and they're more kind of normal because he's sitting there dressed in like kind of normal clothes with a belt and like shirt tucked in and clean shaven and I ne- that's the one thing like I accepted it. it was ended up being okay overall but it was just such a loss of potential for what the others could be when they turn them into just normal people who lived on the island who just happened to be really quiet when they moved I guess I don't know it was it was not great. Also, this whole episode felt like a dropping of certain storylines. It felt like it was dropping uh, the importance of Aaron and his like the future of the island, what how he would play into it. It seemed like it was complete. This felt like it was dropping all that. It kind of like even though you don't really see it, it just felt like that for some reason. And then it also seemed like it was kind of dropping the sickness as well. Like, uh, cause that's mentioned multiple times throughout the first couple seasons was sickness. Like even when Henry Gale gets captured, he mentions how his wife got sick. And then on maternity leave, they kind of have a, like, she has to get, like, the uh, vaccine or whatever. There's not enough for her and the baby, and they're going to take the baby or something like that. And then, I don't know if they ever mentioned the sickness after this again. I don't know. It was, uh, I'd probably give it six and a half, seven out of ten. It was not great. Not great. But it was, it was all right in parts. Because, no, that's a different episode. I had notes again. And I left it on the other computer. <laughs> then the whole truth was also kind of a very middling episode. Um, let's see, was maternity leave? No. Maternity leave did have Anna Lucia and like Ben's conversation, eventually drawing the map and them going to go find it. And the whole truth is them trying to find it. Um, and then lockdown, they come back, right? I don't fucking know. But the whole truth is another kind of like middling episode about son and pregnancy and stuff like that. Um... Also kind of a meh episode. There's a little bit more laws in season two than there are in season one. Um, it just kind of is transitioning. Like you have the first whole bit of them combining the two groups. And then, you know, it's kind of middles. You have the great episode of Long Con and uh, one of them is solid, good. Then you have some middling stuff like what Kate did. Obviously Fire and Water, which I mean, my I think my feelings very clear about that episode last time. No, but it was, eh. I just never felt invested in the whole idea of, like, son couldn't get pregnant, and then she comes to the island and gets pregnant, and it turns out it's not that son that can't get pregnant, it's that Jen is, um, infertile. And then she's like, no, uh, I don't know, it's just like, whatever. Uh, it didn't also seems like, if I'm thinking correctly, in this episode, maybe it was in lockdown, I think it's this episode, they seem like they kind of start hinting that maybe Anna Lucia and Saeed are going to be a thing, then I still am 100% on board of the idea that uh, Michelle Rodriguez and Cynthia Watros's DUIs played into them getting killed off the show. I still think that, because it feels like... Because Two for the Road is not that far away in terms of episodes, and they don't have a lot they did. They introduce them just to kill them. It's weird. Um, I don't know. I don't know nothing. But then, Lockdown, great episode. Great episode. Locke just wants to have a relationship with his father. He just wants to have a little bit of normalcy back in his life. And his dad is a dick. <laughs> He's just such a dick. You know? Uh, you have the great Katie Siegel in there. Um, it's a really good episode. I just remember when the he stuck under the door. Uh, the black light comes on. They see the map for the first time. I just remember how blown away excited I was to see that map the mythology finally kind of kicking back in um and leading through all, the, the best thing about all three of these episodes and even I guess one of them one of them kind of builds on it and then these three episodes really kind of kick into gear of Henry Gale slash whatever I'm not gonna say his name well, I guess I can the show's 20 years old uh Ben uh, Ben the other uh, just picking at jo- Jack and Locke, mostly picking at Locke about how Jack runs the show, and just being a little weasel. It's awesome. It's wonderful. Um, why do you let him talk to you that way? Oh, it's fucking great. Um, no, but Lockdown's definitely the best episode of these. And then the great ending there of uh, Saeed, Charlie, and um, Anna Lucia coming back and revealing that 
they found the grave that Henry Gale talked about, and then he dug up the grave and found that it was a guy. Uh, Henry Gale was in the the uh, the the grave or whatever. I think I said grave seventeen times there. Um, so that means he's a liar. Oh, I remember that too when I was young. Like, oh shit, this is great. I could not wait for that next episode. So what is the next episode? I think the next episode. I think we go back a little bit in the transitional mode here. So we have that, and I think we go into Dave, which is Hurley stuff. And then I think it's SOS with Rose and Bernard. Then I think it might be Two for the Road. Yeah, I think that's it. I think I'm right there in terms of the episode listing. Like I said, I enjoyed watching it, but like I said, Eternity Leave, not great. Whole truth just kind of seemed man, just very middle of the road. I might give it like a seven. I think it's acted well. I like that, you know, that kind of. It's sad whenever Jin's like upset because, you know, obviously he has nobody to talk to because he doesn't speak anything but Korean. So he has, um, Sun's the only person there for him. So, like, you know, he kind of sometimes fractures that relationship and he feels so super bad it's good. But yeah, it's probably seven episodes. Lockdown is probably like an eight and a half. It's, it's definitely the. Like, this and the long con. I guess of the double-digit episodes of, like, from, like, 10 to... Probably till 2 for the road, these are the two best. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's... Like I said, a little bit more ups and downs in Season 2 than Season 1. Uh, I'm not sure when I'll get to... I might watch some more tonight. Don't know yet. Um, uh, yeah. Then the other thing I watched... The other day, I've been rewatching the rest of development, but I'm gonna do a whole fucking thing about how great that show is uh, for those first three seasons, and then I might watch four and five just to be irritated, because there's not it's not that bad. Like some people make it out to be way worse than it is, but it's nowhere near as good as the first three. Um, but the other thing I watched the other day because it popped up on Hulu, and I talked about this show way early back in the podcast. I talked about watching that movie and I did not. And now it's on Hulu and I watched it twice this week. Office Space. Ugh. That movie's perfect. It is a perfect 10. It is so perfect. Everything about it is so spot on. Like, oh, the TPS report bullshit. The redundancy of having eight people tell you did something. Like... The whole TPS report we're seeing, where he's like, "Oh, we have the, you know, we have the new covers for the TPS reports." He's like, "Oh, I forgot to send them, but I've already fixed it." He's like, "Yeah, well, you know, yeah, well." The thing is, God, fucking Lumberg, Gary Cole, is a legend for that role. <laughs> um, and then he gets done bitching at Peter about the TPS reports. He leaves. Then the other ball shows up to talk to him about TPS reports again. And then, after he leaves, the phone rings, and he picks up, he's like, yes, I know about my TPS report. It's like, so somebody else came to talk to him about that. Like, oh, I think all of us know that whenever, for some reason, they think that we ha they have to beat it into you for no reason. You make one little mistake, and like 15 people gotta come down and talk to you about this mistake when it's nothing major. I think we all get that at work. Uh, then, the greatness of, um, oh, shit. I keep wanting to say Michael Bublé. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, shit. What is his name? Fuck. Fuck. What, what, what's happening? Now Michael Bublé stuck in my head for some reason. Michael Bolton. There we go. What the fuck happened there, Brandon? Uh, the guy having the same name as Michael Bolton. <laughs> that no-talent ass clown. <laughs> I say that so much about people. He's a no-talent ass clown. Uh... It's just, it's so, what a perfect show, a perfect movie. Mike Judge as the, uh, the restaurant manager that Jennifer Aniston flips off, you know, trying to get her to, you know, you know, we only have to wear 16 pieces of flair. And he's like, well, the good, what do you think about people who just do the bare minimum? <laughs> just, uh, you just want to kill him. Uh, and then, uh, I think my favorite part of that movie is, Smikowski, the guy who gets in the car accident, he gets all that money. He's telling them about that great idea he had. It's like equivalent of the pet rock, uh, the jump to conclusions board, and he gets done explaining it. And it's just Michael Bolton having that. He's just so angry and disappointed. He had to sit through all of that. It's like that is the dumbest idea I've ever heard. <laughs> oh, it's perfect. 
perfect. Every single character is perfect in that movie. Um, John C. McGinley as one of the Bobs. Like, oh, I have his entire catalog. Dr. Cox, if you don't know who John C. McGinley is, he's Dr. Cox from Scrubs. Um, oh, it's so perfect. You've been missing a lot of work lately. Well, I wouldn't say I've been missing it, Bob. <laughs> oh, and there's like little, there's so many little things in that movie that are perfect. Uh, I know I've said perfect a lot, but it really is a perfect movie. It's, uh, Peter unscrews the bolts on his cubicle and knocks it over so he can see outside. And, uh, Lumberg comes over to kind of, uh, talk to him. He's like asking, he's got a TPS reports. And he's like, no. So he's going to act like he's going to fire him. And he's like, no, I just come back some other time or something like that. And then he's like, I got a meeting with the Bobs and Lumberg's not aware of it. And it's just like so many people in middle management are like kind of in these not like super like regionals and stuff like that. There's so many of them out there that think they're so much more important than they are. So whenever you constantly see them, like realize they have no fucking power, but they're always trying to like show that they have the power above you or something like that. It's always the best. Cause he's like, uh, Peter just walks away. He's like, oh, yeah, I'll talk to you later. He's like, oh, we'll get this all fixed up for you. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, he's got to try to get his last word in. It's so perfect, man. It's the, oh, it is a top 10 movie for me all time. It, everything about it is so spot on. The annoying uh, fucking waiter kid. Um, the super <laughs> over the top sexual dude. The, ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh, I don't even want to say the stuff that he says. Well, he's like, I make her see my O face or whatever, that guy. Um, the plan is fun. It's just... Then, obviously, Milton and the Red Stapler. Like, Stephen Root is God. He's he's great in everything he does. Like, he's been in so many things over the years. He's always wonderful. Obviously, he's great in the voice of Bill Dotrieve in King of the Hill. Um, there's so many movies... It's kind of hard to like, kind of pick him out of one because he's in so many great films. Um, I think he became a favorite of the Coens for a while. Like, of course he would be. He just seems like that guy. I, I fucking love Stephen Root a lot. Um, yeah, but a great, great film. And, oh, about the redundancy as well. Fucking. Yeah. And obviously, Dedrick Bader as uh, Lawrence, the neighbor. <laughs> Him having his own. Uh, his own uh, bottle opener. No, thank you. I got one. Like, I don't know. That cracks me up. And then that, f- you know, they talk about that. What would you do if you had a million dollars? And he asks, and uh, Peter asks, Lawrence, what would you do if you had a million dollars? And 100% serious, dead stone, like stone, like stone cold, just right there. He's like, two chicks at the same time. <laughs> oh, it's so wonderful. Wonderful, man. Oh, I fucking love Lawrence. It's just, it's a great, great film. If you've never watched Office Space, watch Office Space. I can never recommend it enough. One of my all-time favorite films, and all-time favorite comedies. Like, it's just outstanding from minute one to the end. Because, like, the very opening minute is Peter stuck in traffic and keeps trying to get in the lane and lane. And every time he gets into the other lane, it stops. And the lane he was in starts going, like, oh. Then you have Michael Bolton doing the hardcore rap, and then the black guy's coming by, and he locks his door and turns the music down. <laughs> and then when the guy goes by, he turns the music back up. <laughs> so stupid. And the soundtrack's great. A whole bunch of ghetto boys. Damn, it feels good to be a gangster. Still, like a whole bunch of great songs like that, and they beat the shit out of that printer. Oh, the copier machine. Wonderful. Somebody's got a case of the Mondays. Oh, I would. Nah, uh, whenever he asks... Uh, Lawrence about that. Has anybody ever asked you if you've got a case of the Mondays? And just how disgusted Lawrence is by that question. I believe you get your ass kicked saying something like that. <laughs> oh, it's perfect. Perfect film. Perfect, perfect movie. Uh, where are we at, man? What would I do if I had a million dollars, though? What would I do? I guess, like... That question isn't so much... Because, like, really... In the grand scheme of life, you can't just, like, get a million dollars and retire and be done for the rest of your life. Really, probably can't do that. Not the way things kind of are anymore. Unless you plan to, like, be in, like, certain areas in, in the country, you might be able to pull that off anymore. Um, I guess the real crux of it, what would you do if you never, you had enough money to never have to work again? What would you want to do? And I have no, I also have no idea what that answer. Peter had no answer. And I don't know if I have an answer. And what would I do? I guess I would travel. You know, that's kind of a boring answer, but what else would I do? 
I think I'll do that one thing me that my dad talked about a little bit was like you know doing what a whole bunch of like kids and their dads do in their lifetimes where they go to every single major league ballpark. I think I would do that. I would definitely uh, be hitting up Anfield. Um, yeah, I don't know. What would I do? What would you do? Text me unsolicitedly, like probably four in the morning, and tell me what would you do if you had enough money to never have to work again? Uh, because I don't know. What would I do? Would I just sit here and just do stupid podcasts every day of my life? Maybe. You never know, man. Um, I don't know. Good times. Could have great times. But you know who's having a good time? You know who's having a great time? You know who's having a wonderful time right now? My sister. My sister Amber and her wonderful, wonderful now fiance, <laughs> Anderson, Andy, uh, got engaged the other day. That's the whole reason I was in Portsmouth for the day was that they got they got themselves, uh, he put a ring on her or whatever they say. So congratulations, unbelievable congratulations, as much congratulations as I can give somebody uh, to my sister and Andy. Good people. Good people. My sister's all right. Andy's much better. Ah, <laughs> uh, I'm funny. Uh, no, it was cool. We got we had a little party at the pub. Um, I talked to a couple of my family members. Talked to Nate for a little bit. Talked to my brother Tom. Talked to my sister-in-law Lori. You know, it was just, I haven't talked to a lot of them for a while, just because I, you know, it's hard to, because even for like holidays, it's hard for me to get down there sometimes. So you know, I might see them like once, twice a year. So it was good to see them and like talk to them a little bit. Take care of some things. Ah, tired. Yeah, so it was nice to go down and see. And once again, congratulations. Saw my little snothead niece. She's sitting there just hitting me with balloons and stuff. Yeah, whatever, man. <laughs> now, nah, but it was a good time. It was, it was nice to see everybody. Uh, and before we get into the songs of the week, I got to talk about something that uh, happened to me today. It's happened to me a couple times throughout the years. And I don't know if anybody else... I'm not sure where it comes from or how it happens or why it happens or if anybody else has dealt with like it's having complete brain fog um like I, I I'm it's hard to even explain but it's happened to me multiple times I think there's one time where I called my mom I'm like I don't I'm completely disconnected from something right now like it I don't know like I was working on something today and all of a sudden it felt like I'd been there for hours but it only been like seconds not like in that weird like oh time's taking forever it's like almost like I felt like I was blacked out for something like, almost, like, nothing around me was actually happening. I was stuck in a dream. I don't know. I, I don't know how to really truly explain it. And it's it's unsettling when it happens. I've had it multiple times where I'm just like, what's happening right now? What am I doing? Like, I'm, like, walking, and I completely feel like, I don't know. How, how would I really put this? Like, I've been... Almost, like, everything in my mind has just clears itself for a second, and like then everything comes rushing back, almost like you had like a second completely disassociated from all of reality. I don't know what that means. I don't know if that's a great way to explain it. It's like you know you have a split second where you're aware you're not attached to reality, which is uncomfortable, very unsettling too. When you have that feeling of like, I don't know, it's almost like you disconnect from the matrix, man. Uh, and like I said, me, my family history in terms of like having Alzheimer's and stuff like that and dementia, it's kind of had an added layer of terror to it and it's just it's it's very unsettling I had to get I had it today sometimes I've looked into it there I know some people had it with COVID um it could be like a blood sugar thing I don't know I don't 100% know what it could be because I don't have I don't think I really ever had blood sugar issues I don't know but at the same time why would it just happen randomly and not any time I, I don't know I don't I just don't know I'm just not a doctor man um something I should talk to my doctor about. Like, what the fuck's happened with this, man? Do you know? I don't know. Is that bringing everybody down? I hope not. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but it, it's just, it's an odd thing that happens from time to time. It just, like I said, it's like a, it's like a split, like I said, you just become aware for a split second you're not connected to anything and then all of a sudden everything rushes back to you all the time so you kind of feel like weird, overwhelmed feeling like, what the, what the fuck just happened? Um, yeah, it's almost like somebody just shut the lights out for a second and like it's like that split second or lightning flashing or something like that and everything's gone and everything's right back so, and it's just long enough to be so disorienting for a moment and like I said, 
I don't know. Then eventually it kind of goes away. Uh, yeah, I think I did talk to my mom about that one time. Like, hey, I feel completely disconnected from reality at the moment. And, like, it's kind of like something that continues. It doesn't happen as, like, once and you're completely disoriented for a little bit. It's like something that kind of feels like continuously is happening for, like, an hour or something like that. Every f- I'm like, what is going on right now? Like, I can't focus on anything. I can't figure out what's going on with anything right now. I know I'm doing something, but I don't know what I'm doing. I don't remember doing it or something like that. And but then I don't know. It, it, it's like I said, it's very tough to describe, and it's something I guess I got to keep my eye on because I am old now. I'm very, very old. <laughs> uh, shit. All right, ladies and gentlemen, with that very, 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 very low note, <laughs> let's move on into the songs of the week. Oh shit. Song number one of the week is from a band. Where are they from? I actually don't know where this band is from. Oh, uh, shit. Shoot. They are from Denver, Colorado. They are a nice little pop band, man. A lot of fun to listen to them. Um, just randomly came across them. They just... I think I've heard about them for years, never listened to them. Finally got to listen to them, and they're just nice little vibes. Uh, it's Tennis, the band Tennis, like the sport, out of uh, Denver, Colorado. This is off their newest record called Swimmer. I think it's their newest, right? Or at least the one from 2020. I think, I can't remember if that's their newest one or not. This is called How to Forgive. Like I said, just some good vibes, some fun little songs, decent little lyrics. Like I said, you can just kind of vibe out to it for a little bi- little, little, little bile. Little while. So this is How to Forgive by Tennis. Catchy ass song too, man. That little that chorus there is just catchy. The whole song's catchy. It's got a great like I said, got great feeling, great vibes behind it. And it's just kind of a cool song. I got uh, I don't have this record. I have Young and Old, which has Origins on it and a couple other great songs. It's just a great song to kinda of, great record to throw on and kind of uh, chill out to, man. Have the my Govi lights going doing cool shit. It's good times. Uh, yeah, so song number one of the week, Tennis with How to Forgive Off of Swimming from 2020. Um, so old Karaoke Chris messaged me this week, sent me a great text message. Um, he says, hey man, check this shit out. And so I checked that shit out. Uh, there's a couple of different artists. There's one that's been on my, uh, like been on my radar for a while and I just never got around to listening to him. Until he sent it to me. He's a guy named Charlie Crockett. Where is Charlie from? I think he's a Texas boy, ain't he? I know he sings about Memphis a lot, though. So you never know, man. Oh, come on. Where are you from, kid? Texas. Good for him. Good job. Distant relative of Davy Crockett. Get the fuck out of here, man. What a hero, right? I don't know. I don't know that much about Davy Crockett. Didn't he wear the coonskin hat or some shit? Uh, this is off Into the Night from 2016. This is a cover. Um, one of It's an old... Uh, what, would it consider it a reggae song? I think it's a reggae song. Give me one moment. Oh, not that fucking album. I don't give no shits. I know it's Wendy Renee. Yeah, Wendy Renee from like 1964. I think it wouldn't be... And it's just an old soul song. I don't think it's actually... It's not reggae because it's like 64, right? When was reggae? That'd be in the 70s, wouldn't it? Scott came before reggae, though. I don't know. Um, anyways, After Laughter uh, Comes Tears. Great, 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 beautiful song by Wendy Renee. I also really like this version by Charlotte Crockett. I've uh, been listening to a lot of his stuff this week. That whole record, the... What which record is this again? I'm sorry, in the night, which was 2016. Great stuff, very bluesy, still very country, a lot of fun stuff. Um, but after laughter, first time I heard that song was in this show called uh, This Is England '88. It's like this little uh, there was a movie called This Is England in like 2007. I want to say really great Shane Graham, all about him growing up in 80s England. So it was like 1983. Then he has a follow-up series, 86 and 88 and 90. So it all kind of focuses on certain aspects of like kind of the culture at that moment while still like intertwining with all the uh, same characters. 88 is a, oh, it's a very tough one to watch, it's, but it's outstanding. Um, excuse me. Woo! 
uh, yeah, but one of the characters, Woody, played by the wonderful Joseph Gilgan, um, who is in Preacher, he's in uh, Brassic, he's in This Is England, obviously. He's also in some movie with Guy Pierce that was basically Escape from New York in space. I can't remember. Lockdown? I don't know. I don't think it's Lockdown. That's just the lost episodes in my head. <laughs> no, but they had this song play after one moment, and it's a great song, and I really like Charlie's version of it, too. And for some reason, I was like, oh, man, kind of a two-for-one here with After Laughter. I could talk a little bit about the great Wendy Renee and I, how great that series was, too. This is English. If you've never checked that out, it's great. It's all about kind of... It's like the first one's all about the split, like the uh, the cultural split of skinheads from... Because the skinhead movement used to be all about inclusivity. Um, it didn't matter what color you were, like skin-wise. It was all about being inclusive. And then eventually the nationalists and like the Nazis and stuff like that took it over and they kind of repatriated the whole skinhead look. And there's still those people out there who are skinheads who are like, no, we're all about trying to take it back. And that's what 83 is about. 86 is kind of wrapped around the 1986 World Cup. 88, I can't remember what the cultural touchstone for that series was, but I know it was about Christmas time in 1988. And the 90s all about the Manchester scene, which is like, you know, raves and that music and all that fun stuff from the 1990s, like uh, Stone Roses great band um so yeah like it it's if you've never watched it it's it's a great watch not a long thing like so you got a movie that's about two hours long maybe maybe an hour 45 then 86 is four episodes 88's three then 90's four episodes that's what i like about british tv man they get to the fucking point there's no filler they don't have time for filler they got four episodes to tell their entire story and, uh, yeah, it's good stuff. I, I know he's this, uh, he said he's still working on the last one, but, man, it's been probably six, seven years since this is England 90. So hopefully he gets around to it. I know Vicky McClure's went on to have a great career. Um, one of the guys, oh, I can't remember his name. He was in one of the Once Upon a Time shows for a second. Then one was in an episode of... The same episode with Ed Sheeran of Game of Thrones. He's in that. He's like the Lannister soldier that actually talks. It's like I think it's the season 7 premiere? Or is it season 6 premiere? I don't fucking know. Whatever. Let's get to the song. This is After Laughter by Charlie Crockett. Great cover of a Wendy Renee song from the 60s. So let's jump into it, bros. And girls and sisses and homies and whatevers. My only issue with that song is it seems like it lends itself to a nice little extended musical outro there, and they just don't take it. But, well, you know, whatever. I don't I don't hate them for anything like that. Uh, what a fucking jam, man. It's just another great vibe song to kind of sit back, put it on the uh, the old jukebox, or put it on the old record player, and just kind of kick back, man. I Like I said, I just bought the... I think I bought his newest record is what I got from News Kids. I'm going to dig in and get some Charlie uh, Crockett records out. Um, but yeah, fucking love after laughter comes tears. Another great, uh, Wu-Tang. Uh, yeah, that's right. Wu-Tang. Wu-Tang is for the children. Uh, they, uh, they sampled that for tears off of 36 Chambers. Um, it's the one all about the, I think one of their relatives died. I don't remember. I know the whole opening was like somebody was getting shot, killed, like, like her brother or something like that. Man, Wu-Tang is for the children. I didn't talk about Wu-Tang sometime. Wu-Tang killer bees, man. We on a swarm. Oh, man, but what a great song. I fucking love After Laughter. Like I said, I love the smoothness. I do love a good kind of like blues country like sound, like the organ, kind of the smooth kind of lead guitar. Um, just kind of the drummer, just kind of keeping time. Bass is kind of falling around. This guy with a good, good voice just singing his heart out, singing about some sad-ass shit. That's my jam, bro. Speaking about some sad-ass shit, it's time for Lucero. <laughs> That's right. I was talking about Corey Brandon last week, and uh, Lucero has a great song that references him. And I was listening to it, and I listened. Um, Lucero is fucking wonderful from Memphis, Tennessee. You know, um, I think Charlie actually, and going back to Charlie Crockett, he's got a song um, about going to Memphis. And it's all about chasing some girl to Memphis. That's exactly how Ben Nichols started. He was some Arkansas kid who chased some girl who moved to Memphis. And that's why he went to Memphis. In the, and it didn't work out. So then he started Lucero. And then they sang a whole bunch of sad-ass songs for a while. This song is off of um, That Much Further West. Which is... When is that record? that 2006? I don't think it's that late, is it? Let's find it. 2003. Three, yep. 
wasn't even close. I'm going to play the live version, though. I love the horns on the live version. That's the one thing with Lucera. There's so many songs I wish they kind of would re-record with the full band, because they used to be just a four-piece, and now they are definitely a five-piece. Every once in a while, they bring in the uh, the horns and stuff like that, and it's just it's pretty fucking great. This is Live from Atlanta, 2014. I used to play the shit out of this. This is Tears Don't Matter Much. This is all about Ben Nichols kind of basically saying, these guys are so much better than me at what they do. <laughs> It is Matt Bailey, uh, Doug DeLuca, and um, fuck, and Corey Brandon. Duh, that's exactly who I was starting to talk about. I actually isn't Matt Bailey from Jawbreaker. I love Jawbreaker. I haven't talked about Jawbreaker, have I? I don't think I have. No, I don't need the film. Who cares about the film when the band exists? No, it's not. And who the fuck is... I don't even remember who the other guys were. I used to know. I used to know, man. Um, I fucking love Jawbreaker, though. We need to talk about Kiss the Bottle one night. Um, yeah, anyway. This is Tears Don't Matter Much. I fucking love this song. It's all about kind of like these guys uh, write these songs that he can identify with and just some southern boys dreaming of nights in NYC. And they he sings along, man. He still sings along. And, oh, fuck. It's a great song. Anyway, this is Tears Don't... That's not the song I picked. Where is it? Nope, still the wrong song, Brandon. Where is it? There it is. Sorry, guys. <laughs> oh, hell yeah, y'all. I think that's the best way to kind of finish up that one. Oh, man, just another southern boy who dreams of nights in NYC, and I still sing along. Oh, shit, I do lo- I, I love that song. I love the horns added on in the live version. You have a little boogie there by Rick there in the middle, Rick Steff. Great piano player. And I also love how, I just love the ferocious kind of punk, cow punk, whatever the fuck you want to call it, energy of this song. It's just, it's in your face, it's fast paced, it's ready to go, man. Uh, you know, Corey Brandon's got that evil streak in a way with words that'll bring it to your knees. Man, it's not like uh, those early Lucera songs, like, you know, Drink Till We're Gone and all these love songs that's like super sad or anything like that, but there's still, like, those lines in there, man. A little, some doubts in there about how, you know, my tears don't matter much, you know what I mean? My my, my songs don't matter much compared to these fucking legends. <laughs> God, I fucking love that song so much. Um... Yeah, I don't know if I have too much else to say. It's uh, one of my favorite Lucero songs from That Much Further West from 2003, which is probably, let's see, Tennessee. It's 1372 Overton Park is probably my favorite Lucero record because of how well it is. It, it's basically the culmination of the evolution of Lucero. Culmination of evolution. I sound like a douche. Uh, then it's probably Tennessee... And then it's probably Nobody's Darlings, and then it's probably that much further west in terms of my favorite Lucero records. Um, I don't know, Rebel Rogues is a name there, so I don't know. It's, well, I had to go into a big deep dive of Lucero one night with you guys. It'll be a great time! Uh, but other than that, I think, uh, you know, these tears don't matter much, so I think it's time to wrap up the show! Uh, thank you so much for tuning in tonight. If you like what you've heard, spread the good word. Um, all the places you can listen to the podcast. Brandon is there. I'm not sure why I did that, but I did. Who cares? Um, yeah, and Anchor's the sponsor of the episode. Thank you so much for that. Um, if you want to start your own podcast, Anchor's the easiest way to start because it's totally free, bro. Um, yeah, if you want to be on the show, let me know. If you have questions, let me know. If you have answers, let me know. If you want to tell me what you would do if you never had to work again... Let me know. Once again, congratulations to my sister and her wonderful now fiancé, Andy. Hopefully many years of happiness are on the way. I can't make the wedding, though. I've got a thing. So, you know. <laughs> I'm funny. Um, other than that, what else have I got? Yeah, look out Wednesday. We'll be having a guest on the show. So watch. Uh, make sure you have uh, subscribed to wherever you listen to podcasts from. You can subscribe on every single one of those platforms that when I release an episode, it says, Hey, man, Brandon just released a new episode, man. Listen to it, man. You know? Uh... (laughs) I don't know. It's chaos time. Uh, Yeah, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for understanding. I'll be back Wednesday. 
And if not, something went wrong. Horribly, horribly wrong. And send help. <laughs> Jesus. Um, other than that, um, yeah, like I said, I guess uh, most of the sports talk will be on pause because the World Cup is... Uh, this was the last weekend of English football until after the World Cup. So no Liverpool updates. I guess the only update is... Uh, Boston, the Bruins continue to play outstanding hockey, and I believe they released that piece of shit, Mitchell Miller. So, you know, good. The outrage got rid of a piece of shit. Like, like I said, certain evils don't get forgiven, man. You know what I mean? Nah, me, man. You know what I mean, homie? I don't know. Once again, we're at the end of the episode, and I have no idea what I'm doing. Uh, yeah, like I said, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for understanding. Uh, like what you heard, spread a good word. What else do I say at the end of the show? Thanks again for tuning in. Um, stay positive. Get better. If you have any concerns or anything like that, let me know. Um, I'll be glad to help you out. Um, like I said, if you want to be a guest, let me know. I'm, I'll be back Wednesday. And then we'll be back next Sunday with three more songs. I might do a theme next week. I think I am. Fuck it. We'll announce it now. I'm going to do basically a uh, mid-90s, um, I guess mid to late 90s female country night. So it's going to be three songs from some late 90s uh, female country artists who kicked amazing ass back in that time. Because I listened to a couple of those songs today. I'm like, ooh. And I was like, which one do I pick? Because, you know, I already had decided on a couple songs. I'm like, you know what? We're going to make this into a theme night. We're going to do a theme for every once in a while where it's not just the song I'm listening to. It's just a random ass. And we'll pick something. I'm like, let's do three songs out of that little category. So, yeah, next week. Three mid to late 90s female country acts. It's probably going to be 90s country act, actually. I'm not even sure because I'm not 100% sure when those years are. <laughs> so I already have like two decided. I might have to like just dig in and see which ones I want the most. Uh, yeah, other than if you have some theme ideas, let me know. I think that could be a lot of fun. Let's, let's just have some fun together. Let's all of us get together. Shirts off. Fun together, bro. That's... <laughs> For fuck's sake, Brandon. Sorry, Mom. Uh... <laughs> Jeez, let's end the show. This is just rambling. This is like lunacy. I am a lunatic right now. This is weird. So I will see you guys uh, Wednesday or next Sunday. Um, yeah, peace out, Girl Scout. Have a good night. Stay positive. Get better. See ya. <laughs>